You're listening to Grindhouse Courthouse. We put movies on trial to determine whether or not a film has committed too many movie misdemeanors to be considered viewable. Please rise for the Honorable Judge this episode. Welcome to Grindhouse Courthouse. The court is in session. Your judge for this week is me, Dylan, the most impartial of all the participants in this podcast. Joining me as the slightly less impartial juror is Adam. Say hello, Adam. Hey. On this week's docket is the case of the People versus Fist of Legend. This 1994 Hong Kong martial arts film was directed by Gordon Chan and stars Jet Li. Not to be confused with the original 1972 film Fist of Fury starring Bruce Lee. Not to be confused with the 2010 sequel, Legend of the Fist, The Return of Chen Zhen, starring Daniel Yen. And not to be confused with the 2013 Korean sports drama, Fists of Legend. So produced for an undisclosed sum, or at least one I couldn't find online, it entered a disappointing 14,785,000 box office gross in Hong Kong. The movie was a critical smash, however, pulling off 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which obviously cannot be trusted, and a more realistic 7.5 stars on IMDb. Serving as the public defense for Fist of Legend, Dave will argue that you really need to watch the Cantonese, Mandarin, and English version of the film to have any opinion about it. Serving as the prosecutor... Tom will try to convince us that Imperial Japan did nothing wrong and the film has nothing but revisionist propaganda. So, let us begin with the opening statements of the defense. Dave, take it away. This movie is a martial arts classic. It took the classic Bruce Lee and gently stepped in and made it fabulous. It's a good old revenge story where his teacher was murdered and he comes back and shows the world mainly Japan and China, that he is the best and his dojo is the best. All right, stirring opening statement. We move now to the prosecution. Tom, your opening statements, please. This is a series of fight scenes tied together with nothing. It is a bunch of people yelling and screaming and punching and kicking each other, and then some things happen, and then the movie is over. There is no point to any of it. Everything that they try and do is incredibly ham-fisted, poorly acted, or just extremely poorly executed. And quite frankly, uh, the fighting is good, but it's not outstanding. It's not really special. If you never see this movie, that's fine. That's okay. Fuck Chen Chen. (laughs) Fuck that guy. You're just upset how good the fighting was, actually. And how enthralled you were the entire time. Uh, the fighting is the only piece of this movie that's worth seeing. You need more than that, Tom? I would argue that yes, you do. Things like a plot. Things like good writing, good direction, good acting. Maybe a, a point to the movie that you're watching. Well, speaking of acting points, plot, writing, and actors, let's get on with this first scene. So... Tom, set it up. (laughs) The movie opens in a classroom. And a bunch of dojo rats run in and start messing with the Chinese because they're Japanese. And the Japanese hate the Chinese because this is set, uh, what, 1926, give or take? Not not an all-time high for Japanese-Chinese relations, certainly. An interesting period. 
We're in Japan, by the way, right now. And uh, yes, we are. We are in Japan. And uh, a bunch of, you know, like street toughs run in and they start uh, stepping on the professor's glasses and, uh, you know, yelling at people and, and all that kind of fun stuff. And who will stand up to these street toughs? It's Jed Lee. And then he punches and like maims them and cripples them. And it's OK because he's the Chinese and they're the Japanese and they're the bad guys. And it's fine when they hey, do it. And then can we just stop one second? Yes, of course. Of course. This is common procedure in trials. I don't think we can have the prosecution just straight up lying about the scene. They didn't well, we come in there as street thugs to beat people up. They came in there specifically for the one Chinese dude, Chen Zhen. That makes it all better. I take back every <laughs> negative thing I said about this movie. That clearly turns it around. Truly an outstanding film. <laughs> because that is literally how the movie starts. You don't know anything about these characters. You don't know anything about where they are, when they are, outside of basics that you just kind of assume because I guess people in China knew this story prior to the movie coming out because nothing in the scene is set up. It just starts and then he starts crippling people, like blatantly crippling them. And to corroborate the prosecution's argument here, uh, the Wikipedia page claims the movie is set in 1918 and all other synopses of the movie say it's set in 1937. So it's obvious no one has any idea when this movie takes place. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you. That is <laughs> very kind of you. And uh, we don't need to know the exact day it happens. We just know it happens after World War One or World War II. I think it makes a big difference, <laughs> especially when we start talking about the end of the film and we'll get there. But uh, I, I think you need to know, like, what's happening. Why didn't they just set it in the far off year of 3024 and he fights the, the space Japanese? No, I'm saying we know it's, it's after World War One and before World War Two. It's within that span. And I'm agreeing it's that like it's within crazy. that span. And I'm also agreeing that that kind of setting is important because you have frequently interrupted my synopsis to make this point multiple times. So it must be a very important point, maybe important enough for them to nail down, but that's not what this movie is about. And, and just, and just to note, the defense has been censured. Uh, it's been noted that you're interrupting constantly. And also Thomas pronounced synopsis, not sternopsis <laughs> or whatever the hell he said. I say whatever I want to say, what I'm going to say it. And what I'm going to say right now is that, they introduce all of the characters that are essential to the emotional core of the film immediately in the first like four minutes. Okay. Now there's, there's Chen Zhen or Chen Chen or however his name is pronounced because I'm racist and don't. And know. if you don't pronounce it right, you are racist. Oh, guaranteed. If you do not pronounce these names right, you are this racist. Movie, this this movie has shown me that I'm extremely racist. Also, everyone making the film was racist. Uh, every, everything is just about racism. There's, there's nothing else. So you introduce to the hero, Jet Li, you're introduced to his Japanese girlfriend, What's-Her-Face, Mariko, Yukiko, I, I have no idea. Mexico. And also her uncle, who is the dojo master, the, the leader of the street toughs that run in and bust it up. So he, he beats the shit out of people, and then you, you get a sort of a sense that, yes, these two care about each other, uh, and then the uncle shows up, and then he leaves – and then you learn that uh, Jet Li's master, Huo Yanjia, has died, uh, which is essentially the entire thrust of the reason why he needs to go back to China to 
punch and kick more people. Uh, his girlfriend says, do you hate the Japanese? And Jet Li goes, I don't know, maybe. And then she's kind of out of the movie <laughs> for a little bit. That is how the movie starts. And you might think, oh, I'm skipping over things. Oh, there's there's probably some real nuance and some character development happens there that is maybe paid off later or it's set up and means something. But it doesn't. There's there's nothing there. It, essentially, it's just Jet Li. You learn that he's good at fighting, has a Japanese girlfriend, and there's an uncle. That's it. Then he's all, he fucks off to China. That's the whole thing. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about this movie right away, I don't know what else you need to hear. All right. Well, that's a pretty stirring first opening statement here. Clearly, the rape of Nanking never happened. Um, we're moving on to Dave's rebuttal here. Dave, what do you have to say about this plot summary of the opening scene that Tom proposed? It's it's kind of there. He kind of made some stuff up and jumbled some stuff up, but it's good. It's, it's there. The main point is this movie is all about getting right to the point and getting to the action, right? You get there, you learn about Chen Zhen. He is the kung fu hero with his love, the Japanese girl, and her uncle, who is the big boss of all the martial arts in Japan. Name either of those characters. Name them. Uh, without um, looking it up. Mitsuko? <laughs> uh, Mitsuko is the only one I know. I, other ones, I think, Fami... Starts with an F. I believe his name is Shigeru Miyamoto. I, I think his name is Ken Watanabe. Either way, we get to the point of this whole movie. It's a revenge film. A martial arts revenge film where he goes back to China to revenge his teacher. And we find out later that he was murdered. We get right to the point, right off the bat, and no fluff and bluff. Like, it's just right there. Let's get the shit done. It's awesome. And we start off with a great fight scene. Jet Li is breaking legs, breaking arms, like dislocating jaws. He, he takes down like, what, 15 guys in the matter of like a minute? It's amazing. Pure bliss. All right. A solid defense. I think we're going to need a brief recess so that the juror and the judge can ask questions about this movie. Because at this point, I don't know where, when it takes place. <laughs> I know very little about the plot. So both of you have done a terrible job of explaining what this movie is about. But I'm going to give it to Adam first. Adam, do you have some questions for the prosecution or defense here? I'm so confused. From what I've collected, Tom actually did a really good job describing the plot even though he was saying there was no plot so i'm conflicted of how this information is being portrayed i guess my my question for this so dave is hyping up the action um and he's saying that is the driving force of the movie that is the the main focus and the only thing that you should be paying attention to can you go into a bit more detail of the action itself, what makes it great? So you describe breaking legs. Is it the cinematography? Do they do a great job with doing these wide shots so you can actually see the action? You're actually engulfed in it. You you feel the tension. Is there anything along those lines? That basically describes it. This gently, they film this so you could see the fight. And it makes it, there's a little bit of wire involved in this movie. But it's give it like his punches a little bit more beef. But like, it's well done. It's well scripted for the fights. And you actually, it's not like cutting crazy. Like, it's nice and smooth. You feel every hit and every kick. So this movie has actually pretty solid editing. And it's not like 30, 30 cuts for each uh, punch that's happening. And you can actually see 
and feel the impact with each of them. Okay. The fight exactly. scenes are well edited. The movie is not well edited. Dave, why don't you mention the sound effects? Why don't you mention the music that's playing during these fight scenes? Well, the music is a little interesting. It gives the good old Chinese right before World War II era vibe, I guess. Can you can you provide us with an example? Yeah, what the hell is that? I'm, yeah, not, I'm not up to date on the I decades yeah. of Chinese music. I don't have that as my ringtone, Dave. I need a bit more description. <laughs> Uh, I think we actually, I would love to be able to play the sound, like the actual music from it, but I don't think we should. It will hurt me too much. <laughs> I will, uh, I will step in to answer the question that I posed. The music is bad. It's not good. It's like really cheap synthesizers that they just kind of slap together. And it, it doesn't follow any sort of normal musical composition rules. It's just a dude kind of like, I'm going to play this note. Then I'm going to do this over here. Then I'm going to play those notes. And then the scene's over which is uh, essentially the way the movie is set up to begin with, because there's just a string of fights that don't really have anything to do with anything, a couple montages, and then the movie's over. Judge, can I ask another question, please? Of course. Uh, this one is for Tom. You're suggesting that this is, in fact, not a movie. There is no plot. I'm curious what your standard is. Like, where is your bar for action movies? So I can have a, a, like a baseline for what an, a good action movie is to you and where this ranks with it. I like movies that don't set up and then not revisit any of the plot until the end of the film. You know, uh, we said a lot about Hard to Kill the other day. And bare minimum, the things that happen in Hard to Kill all follow one another. In this, you learn absolutely everything about the characters in the first five minutes. And then you are never learning anything about them after that. They don't change. They don't grow nothing happens you can watch that first scene skip to the end and not miss anything so you're looking for more of like a a hero's journey for for your action film no i'm looking for either a movie that's brave enough to have a running time of 10 minutes or not be made at all that's what i'm saying if you're gonna <laughs> run with that plot either make the movie as short as it needs to be cut out all the extra fluff don't pad it with a bunch of bullshit which they did or come up with a better plot Maybe some character growth. Anything. Anything. What about all the character growth with the teacher's son who becomes the head instructor and all the jealousy comes through there and coming back to grow and accept Chen Zen? Well, we can... He gets his arm stabbed when he grows. We can talk about Chen Zen as a character. We can definitely. Do I should that. just clarify, ladies and gentlemen, the juror has his scheduled uh, mid-conversation departure, um, so he has left the room. Really, I think it shows just an ultimate lack of respect to uh, the process. I feel like he's already made up his mind. In the middle of my argument, he disconnected from the call, and I think that's uh, that's uh, prejudiced. I, I mean, uh, quite frankly, I'm I'm worried about the outcome now because he clearly doesn't want to hear the truth about this film. Well, this is this is this is what happens when you burn down the five G network towers. Everybody, you get this spotty service. So, keep it under control. Um, I have a, I have some questions, if if I may ask, or do you have some a rebuttal, Dave? Uh, I just got a question for Tom. Go I ahead. Go ahead. I'm, Go ahead. The more I'm listening to your fans, I feel like you you weren't watching the movie. You just kind of zoned out, I think. How dare you? Tom, how do you respond to these allegations? The How parts? dare you, sir? First off, 
Did you forget about all that character development with the? the there teacher? is no character development. Tom, are you both forgetful and ignorant? Uh, that is <laughs> libel and slander. First off, uh, if you weren't the judge, I would object. But since you are, I cannot. <laughs> there is nothing to pay attention to in the middle of this film. Now, I have watched some real stinkers. I have sat through The Phantom, a movie that is largely impossible to pay attention to. This movie, for all its faults, you can pay attention to. The problem is that there is nothing worth paying attention to. None of these characters, even if they may have what appears to be some semblance of an arc, there's nothing there. It's in service of nothing. The movie ends, that character's tr struggles, trials, tribulations, they, they amount to nothing. You could take that character out of the he movie. He saves Chen Zen when he comes to that point. You, you could have... Chen Zen would have died without him. You could have written him out and then just not have that bit where he would have almost died and it wouldn't have changed anything about the outcome. It wouldn't have changed anything with Chen Zen. It wouldn't have changed anything with the entire plot of the movie. Chen Zen would have been the teacher or, the, yeah, the head instructor then and then had no conflict with having a Japanese girlfriend. You're, you're just, you're just, you're taking out points now and the whole movie would collapse. There is nothing. All right, ge all right, gentlemen. All right, gentlemen. We have to rein this in here. The court demands a couple quick answers. So much like Steven Seagal and Hard to Kill, I'm getting a vaguely Asian setting for this movie, but I don't actually have any idea of where it's supposed to take place. So could I just get a firm answer of where this movie takes place? China. This movie takes place in Japan at the start and then China, China. for the rest takes place in China. Okay. Are the Japanese in China? Yes. Yes. They are. The Imperial Japanese are in China, and they're doing things. Okay. Best guess, I've heard interwar period. So, But the, the Japanese are occupying China, or they're just kind of there as tourists? What's going on? They're occupying one city? Is that what uh, it was? Occupying different areas. Yeah. It's it's a little poorly defined, and some of that might be my own ignorance, but it's not really clear. Very nebulous. Okay, and then final final question. In from Ip Man to well, I can't think of another one. How anti and hostile towards the Japanese is this movie? I'm glad you brought up Ip Man, Your Honor, because this is essentially the same film. Ip Man followed this movie. This movie was based off the Bruce Lee film from 1970. This movie is based on what if a Chinese guy was so cool and so tough that he could defeat the Japanese by himself. That is that is essentially all what I'm, this movie all, is. All I'm hearing is Ip Man at this point. You're spot on. The The formula is there. Okay, so, so this is part of the long line of Chinese cinema of kicking the shit out of the Japanese dogs. Is, is that... What I'm getting here? The Japanese are comically evil in this. Like, blatantly, okay. just ridiculously over the top, like, we're the bad guys. Mustache-twirling villains, if you will. All right. Well, I think, I think I've started to get a clearer picture. Adam, as a juror, do you have any final questions before we move on to the next scene? Uh, no, we can move on. Okay, so Tom, we're going to have the prosecution present scene two. Give us a uh, synopsis, perhaps, and uh, why we definitely don't want to watch this movie so i gave you the introduction to the first scene and okay i'm gonna clarify here we're not gonna go with tom we're gonna go with <laughs> dave dave we're gonna ask you to give a synopsis of the second scene here and give us an idea of why we should watch this movie <laughs> all right so we're moving along in the movie we're coming to a pretty pivotal point this is where chen zen is going to stand up 
and has to duke it out with uh, his girlfriend's uncle, Fumio. He is the toughest, baddest Japanese martial artist around. And this will determine who's better, Chinese or Japanese. And they start this battle off by talking to each other and... His girlfriend's a little worried. He's like, you have to do this. And he's like, oh, yes, I have to prove myself. And this is the major point of the film is actually tolerance and to accept others. And during this fight, Chen Zhen and Fumio have a great martial art fight. And halfway through the fight, to prove the point of tolerance, there's a little bit of wind that gets in the Japanese eyes. And he can't see. So to make it fair... Jet Li as Chen Zhen and Fumio both put on blindfolds and they duke it out without eyesight to tolerate each other. Beautiful. Tom and then they come is, Go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, I was just going to go on to Tom. You give a pause. I was going to move on. <laughs> Can't you stop me. talking. I move on. They keep going and then it turns into Fumio Basically, guiding Chen Zhen to improve his martial arts to be the best. And this shows the tolerance from both sides that's okay to be different. Tom, what do you think about that? <laughs> is this movie about tolerance? That is the emotional core of the film. That is what they thought they were doing. They were absolutely certain they were making just like a total banger of like, ah, yes, this is the philosophy of what it means to be a martial artist. And uh, they immediately follow this scene up of what is ostensibly, you know, a, a nice bit of, oh, you know, we're two different people. You're young. He's old, you know, Chinese, Japanese, period of strife, whatever. Fine. Sure. Uh, they immediately follow it up with. Jet Li going to beat the ever-loving shit out of a Japanese whoa, whoa. general. What? Just hold on. <laughs> Let's talk about this scene first before scene three. <laughs> Finish this scene first off. We have said everything that needs to be said about this scene. There is... Oh, so you know... Okay, we're saying this one on the record. There's no negatives about this scene. It's perfect, it's beautiful, and it shows tolerance. <laughs> okay, scene three. Let's go talk. Wait, wait, wait. We get our questions. Yeah, we get our questions okay, sorry, before sorry. we go questions. on to scene three. So, Adam, go ahead. Thank Ask you. some questions. Oh I got a million. <laughs> Can... Oh, my God. Okay. Can you give me a bit more context of why he's fighting his girlfriend's uncle? Like, what... What is the setup to this? Why does he need to fight him? You you didn't describe it. You just you brought it in saying he just needs to fight the uncle. And I would also like to hear an answer to this one. <laughs> I, but but the general, the, the the very very evil general of the Japanese Imperial Army needs Chen Zhen to die to prove that they're superior, and so he actually tells Fumio to go kill Chen Zhen. Or challenge him to a fight. Oh, okay. That's why it's happening mainly. And uh -huh. then he gets dust or wind in his eye while they're fighting. Dust, dust and wind. Okay, yeah. you said wind the first time, so I was slightly confused. Yeah. And I, I actually, I think in the scene it's just straight up wind. <laughs> I don't really never seen dust. You, but. You're not selling this point. Yeah. But moving on, besides that, that it's a mood point, Adam. <laughs> he just can't see well. Okay. Right? Yep. So they put on blindfolds. But then as they're fighting with blindfolds, the uncle has a change of heart. Is that what you're describing? So he's disobeying orders to take down Jet Li. But because his martial Basically. arts is so 
good. Um, he decides to start teaching him in this battle. I can you? Yeah. That's no, you nailed it. Oh, there's the tolerance, the compassion between each other. They're like, oh, just because you're Chinese is you're not a bad thing. It's it's okay. Were those the exact words yeah. that? Uh... Those are the exact feelings. Oh, okay. Right. So mar- martial arts is like love in. Uh, Interstellar. It's it's a medium Mr. that can Mr. Be Prosecutor, Mr. Prosecutor, we do want to emphasize that there's a there's a translation difference between the Cantonese, the Mandarin, and the Ch- in the English. So just just to clarify, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any translation that would unfuck this movie. But please continue. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. I, I I have a question. So so I think we can all relate to fighting our girlfriend's uncles. Like we've all been. There. Oh, um, But my. <laughs> My question more is, so does this redeem the Japanese as a whole or is this trying to say like, well, there's like some good ones, but, you know, still for the most part, like they're they're Japanese. So like they're pretty bad. And this is where the movie should have ended with this fight scene, because immediately after it goes into we got to kill these Japanese fuckers, completely undercutting the message that it was trying to establish. Uh, Fuck this let's movie. move into the third scene then. Okay, let's move into the yeah, third scene. Describe the third then. scene first. Yeah. Do we want me to present the third scene, or do we want to hear the defense's lies on the third no, scene? No, we want to hear yours. I want you to explain why they're going there, too, Tom. They are going there to fight the Japanese. They want the Japanese. But why were they going there? Out of their country. Fuck those Japanese dogs. Response, Dave. Why are they going there? They weren't invited there because they were showing the, the guy. The general says, "I have evidence for you." They're going there about Chen Zhen's master's uh, murder. They're finding out the who did it, who poisoned him before his other fight. That's why they're going there, right. not just to go there to fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. There was a reason. It's very convenient. I think you were paying attention to this movie, it's, Tom. It's I think very convenient that you started your arguments by saying this movie's direct and it just gets to it and it goes. And now you're saying, oh, it's this wonderful tapestry where all the characters are interconnected with lovely motivations. And that's not really what's happening. All right. We need to get to the shit fucking upping. So let's move on. Yeah, describe the last thing, though. Go, go for okay. it. So Jet Li and his buddy, who were both members of the school under his old master, Hoi Anjia, decide to, for whatever reason, go over to the Japanese general's house and they punch and kick each other. Until Jet Li defeats him because uh, he wins because he's the good guy and he can do anything. Also, it's the classic Chinese guy defeats Imperial World War II era Japanese general, which we have seen multiple times in multiple films. They love that. It, it happens a lot. And then the movie just kind of ends. It just stops. You, you think for some reason that Jet Li is killed because he, you know, like basically ran into a general's house and, and murdered him. But no, he gets to go and live with his girlfriend in Japan, and all that happens off screen, and it's it's very nice. And that's really all I could say about it. There's not much more to it at that point. It, it just kind of finishes. Okay, Dave, rebuttal. Okay, so this last scene, it's a revenge martial arts film. Chen Zhen's gained revenge for his master that was murdered. So he goes, gets the invitation. Your Honor, to see objection. The evidence. This movie is about <laughs> tolerance. We were told specifically <laughs> that it's about tolerance. Yeah. 
It's a revenge film where Jet Li lures the tolerance when he fights Fumio in that very pivotal scene. Then why did he need to kill the general? Oh, so he so he doesn't beat the shit out of the he Chinese? He doesn't need to kill him. Japanese? He goes there to get the evidence. And he has to fight him because the general instigates it. All right. And Direct question. Defeat? Direct question for the defense. Who killed his fucking master? Uh, actually, his other... The master's students and the chef. The chef poisons the master's food. Why? Because of the Japanese. Uh, if you actually watch the great film, Fearless, it'll explain it all. It's all about his death. It's a great film with Jelly. I actually do like Did you just tell us to watch another movie <laughs> yeah. to get the answer to this yes. question? Yeah, you, that's you, a, you that's a cop to. out and a half, Dave. <laughs> that's a failing of this film. No, you do have to they, watch Fearless they, they to understand what's happening in this movie. No, you do you not. It's, answer this question. Are you in, the, Do you have investments in this Hong Kong film industry? Do you have <laughs> money to be made by us watching these films? Uh, only gently films. Gently films. Just to clarify for the court, Dave recommended this movie. Yeah. Dave recommended this movie. Now he's telling us to watch another movie to get answers to our questions. Highly suspicious. Highly irregular. Answer the question, sir. Why did they kill this man? Which one? The <laughs> Japanese general? No, the, the fucking master. The master of the uh, Chinese Kung Fu school. Well, that was like the other movie. You don't need to worry about why right now. Which other movie? You talking about the 2013 Korean sports film, Fists of Legend? <laughs> no. The whole reason like his that his master passed away, that was done in Fearless. All we know is that his master was killed in this one by these two guys that the general shows you at this point in the movie. But why? This is how... Why? <laughs> I, I think the okay. court should wait for an can, answer. I have some can, words I could say uh, on this matter, can, but I think okay. it's more interesting if I... What do you mean, what talks. do we mean, why? Okay. Why Why was this man killed? The jury is it's so, so The jury is so what? confused right now. Can we just I'm stop very confused on who you asked about who was killed. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's back okay. up. Let's back up. Can we please okay. just like break this scene down and just like fully understand what's going on? I you're talking about a chef. We're talking about rats at one point. Like, <laughs> I, can you just like sum this up in one nice line? In one line, you know, <laughs> roughly. Just just try. <laughs> so you have you have three words. Chen Zen, Chen Zen learns that his master has passed away. He goes back to China, and he learns that his master was murdered, and now that. Japanese general has said, I know who poisoned your master. That's his invitation to come see the general. And then they find out that the general, it's his master's chef and one apprentice. They're the ones who poison him. It's just to get Chen Zen to see the general. Because the general wants to kill Chen Zen. Okay. Did the general entice the chef and the student or whoever to poison the master? I don't think it was that general, no. Now who wasn't paying attention so why to the, the fuck did they poison him? <laughs> All I know is they found out who did it, and the general's giving them this... It's like a detective. It's like, here's the, the culprit who did no, it. No, that is not what happened yeah. at all. The this sounds more like Scooby-Doo right now, Dave. <laughs> in prison in Japanese-controlled territory. The Japanese general talked to the apprentice, because he was just a born fucker, I guess. I'm not really sure about that one. Who then talked to the chef to say, if you poisoned this guy to prove that the Japanese are better than the Chinese in this martial arts tournament, because in this universe, uh, the only thing that matters is like punching and kicking, then uh, we will set your son free. So he took money for it. He poisoned the master. And then his son was not set free because those Japanese dogs. 
I lack honor. Now, was that so hard? <laughs> yeah, what do you forget about that? It is. <laughs> You're defending the movie. movie. <laughs> Fuck this movie. Yeah, I don't know if that helped or hurt you there, Tom. Uh, we'll, we'll have to figure that out at the end of this. Thank you. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, so anyways. Okay. He's in there, and the general wants to, he needs to kill him. So he fights gently. The general. And the general fights gently. And gently knocks him down with his bare fists. But the general gets so upset, he pulls out the katana and tries to stab gently in the back. And then his other friend, that's the head instructor now of, the, of his dojo, pushes him out of the way and gets stabbed instead. And that was his whole character arc that Tom was complaining about before. His character arc is getting stabbed. Gotcha. Okay, we can move on. Continue. <laughs> he redeems himself. No, just getting stabbed. And That's then... what you said. Just getting stabbed. <laughs> and in turn, gently then murders the general. And then... For revenge? All the... Yeah, revenge complete. The general's army runs in. Guns are all pointing at gently. And then... The ambassador, who doesn't want to see war happen right now, steps in, calms the situation down, and they use Gently as an escape goat. They say they kill him. You see him get carried on a stretcher to prevent a war. Which happens two years later anyway, because <laughs> World War II breaks out. Yeah, but it's not... Or 18 years fault. later, <laughs> or six months <laughs> prior <laughs> to uh, something like that, yeah. But yeah, that's basically what happens. Jet Li becomes the Go. scapegoat to prevent war. And what happens to Jet Li? Do they kill him? Or no, no, he, he gets out. No, they kill They kill. They actually, I think they use the body of the apprentice that poisoned his master as Jet Li's body. Yeah. Well, how would he die? Nope. The general shot him. Nobody dead. knows. No, he shot the other guy in the head. That was the apprentice. No, 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 no. He, the only person who gets shot in this film is the guy who defeated Huo Yanjia. No. They walk in and the general's like, this is the guy that helped poison your master. He pulls out the little pistol and shoots him in the oh, head. Oh, right. Like, right That's away. right, because he does the flip and then there's no exit wound. The bullet just stays in his skull. It's really <laughs> thrilling stuff. Perfect. Very well executed. But yeah, so he is the scapegoat and then everyone thinks Jet Li's dead. It prevents the war. And Jet Li moves with his girlfriend and lives happily ever after. Yeah, except you don't see any of that. You just see him get into a cab and then say, Kirk me to Japan, please. And then they roll the credits. What more do you need? Nothing, <laughs> apparently. Apparently that's all you need all for right. a film. All right, gentlemen, we're going to move on here. We're going to move straight on to closing statements. I feel Tom's blood is boiling right now. So, Tom, why don't you, why don't you lead us off with your closing statements about this film? And please try to avoid um, any obvious... Um, imperialistic propaganda in this one um that'd be great thank you this movie does not need to be seen if you feel the need to see jet lee at his physical peak you can go to youtube and you can watch a couple fight scenes you can watch the intro fight scene and you can watch the end fight scenes where he fights the japanese guy and then he fights the other japanese guy that's it my opponent could not nail down the point of this movie. Once it was tolerance, then it was revenge. Those two things are mutually exclusive. 
you can't have tolerant revenge. That's not how it works. <laughs> but what you can do is choose to not see this movie. Thank you. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Tom. Uh, Dave, why don't you go ahead, and exp- go ahead and explain how tolerant revenge works. That'd be great. This movie shows exactly that. It shows how you get revenge and also be tolerant. <laughs> you know how you do that? You just kill the very racist one, the very intolerant one. And that makes it all okay. But no, really, this movie starts off with a great fight scene. It's full of action. You do get a few arcs. You learn about his, his people in his life. You get to see his love blossom. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to just scream into the mic right now. <laughs> but yeah, so you learn that Chen Zen, you see a beautiful arc of him going back, find out who kills his master, getting revenge through martial arts by not killing them, but being able to understand them, become tolerant of them. Until he All kills right, beautiful. them. Beautiful. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Tolerance is killing the intolerant. That's what it's all about, folks. That's what it's all about. Okay, beautiful. All right, we're going to turn to the deliberation phase here. So, um, Adam, we're going to give you the chance to ask our defendant and prosecutor a few questions before we start uh, to make up our minds about whether we're going to watch this movie or not. So, Adam, take it away. My first question is for Tom. Tom basically described this movie as so simple that it's not worth watching. But yet I felt he was explaining the most out of the plot. And it actually sounded a bit more complex than he was giving on. So, Tom, is this movie extremely simple or is it does it actually have a narrative that we can follow? Because it's very unclear with what you were describing at the very beginning with your opening case and then how you were also assisting Dave uh, developing these scenes. If your criteria for complex is narrative you can follow... I've got a bunch of things I can recommend to you that will entertain you endlessly. There's a bunch of kid shows that have narratives that you can follow, and that's fine, but we wouldn't describe those as complex. We would describe them as simple. Nothing that happens in between the beginning and the final fight scenes really have any impact on anything that gets you to those final fight scenes. You kind of know everything you need to know without having an entire subplot about the cook who killed some people or the uncle character that we didn't mention who is truly fascinating and how useless and unimportant he is. And you, you just don't need it. If, if you can take something out of a movie entirely and still get all of the beats, did you need it there in the first place? That's a question you have to answer as the juror right now. <laughs> I, I don't feel that's my obligation right now. I'm here to make a decision. Yeah, we asked the questions here. Oh, I'm sorry, Your Honor. <laughs> hey, Dave, why does he date a Japanese girl if he's not sure that he likes any Japanese people in general? Do they ever explain that? Is it just that he was in Japan? I, too, would like an answer he was to in this in Japan, one. and he saw this beautiful lady. And his heart started to beat. He fell in love at first sight. That's not in the movie. <laughs> that's that's not there. They have like one or two scenes where they actually interact with each other. That's it. Out of the entire film. Uh, judge, I believe you were asking me a question, and the prosecution is just jumping all over my face. 
That is absolutely true. Down. Tom, Tom, can you keep your damn trap shut for a minute here? We're trying to get some questions. Your Honor, I will jump all over his face if he's just going to sit there and spout lies. <laughs> yeah, and hey, also jump lies. jump all over his face is not a, an expression. No one's ever used that expression before. So let's can we can we question the action for this? Because okay, so if this movie has no story, at least the action it's should be jumping down your throat. It's, it's jump- jumping down someone's throat <laughs> is the expression. <laughs> Uh, can we can we focus on the action? Uh, I need uh, a kind of like a reference as well. In comparison to this movie, what would you what would you compare it to? What other movie at this time is something similar action wise? At this time, yeah, somewhere between nineteen eighteen and <laughs> yeah. like nineteen fifty six or something like that. Two thousand. Who knows? Uh, film is nineteen ninety four. So I mean, there are uh, Jackie Chan movies that were being actively released. This is kind of like you know. 80s 90s is maybe the the peak of jackie chan what was that drunken master remake that came out in like 95 that's that's a good film drunken master uh i think you're thinking of um the one where he's in the wild west with owen wilson (laughs) (laughs) shanghai shanghai noon shanghai noon or shanghai nights yeah Yeah, actually rumble in the bronx (laughs) You, you could watch rumble in the bronx you could watch legend of the drunken master you could watch uh, things that like come closer to actually having a plot, and they also okay. have the fighting, and it's great. It's a different style of fighting, though. Go on. What what makes it different? What makes this unique that I would want to watch this movie for its action? That's what I'm really trying to drive Jim? right now. Oh, okay. You want me to answer that question? Don't watch the no, movie. No, no, no. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. <laughs> Don't watch the movie. Okay, I'll rephrase the question to get a better answer. So. Jackie Chan in the '90s, his fight style was famous for he gets a living shit kicked out of him. And then he just kind of finds stuff around to, to to beat up and ultimately win the fight. So what's Jet Li's fight style? Jet Li's more true to martial arts and the kung fu style of China. If you want to see some really good kung fu action, Jet Li knows how If to you do. want to see a guy so who's kind of like never Bruce really Lee. in danger and can just take control of any situation and win whenever he feels like it. Watch Steven Seagal then. Watch Steven Seagal. <laughs> watch this movie. It's very much like the Steven Seagal style. Because at no point do I ever believe that Jet Li is really in danger. Every single fight, when you think he's losing, he just stands up and he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna win now," and then he does. Okay, but compare that, compare that to Enter the Dragon, the greatest martial arts movie made of all time. Is Bruce Lee ever in mortal danger? Like even Chuck Norris, he kind of kicks the shit out of him. I really like that movie. I demand an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Speechless. Speechless. Okay, we're moving on to the deliberation phase here. Okay. Adam, final thoughts and your decision, please. Yeah. Um, I'm just confused, honestly. The way this movie was described and not described, uh, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know why I would want to watch this. It could be an interesting timepiece, but I have no idea where in time it's set. I'm not getting a strong enough argument for like why the action is great. What makes it amazing. Um, if there's any great cinematography used, we Dave mentioned that there is good editing. So this movie might have a standard up to that. Uh, I will probably not be watching this movie and it's mainly due to the fact that I might have to watch another movie in order to understand it. Uh, and I'm also just not tolerant. Yeah, and to remind everyone, Dave told us to watch some other fucking movie to understand why the master got murdered, which we're definitely not going to do. Actually, Fearless is an amazing movie. You should watch it. Uh, 
Which movie is this that we have to watch also? What's it called? Fearless. It's actually Fearless, Fearless is actually an amazing film. It, it takes everything this film okay. thought it was doing and does it infinitely better. And so is it a sequel? No, it's a prequel. Okay, but there's also a sequel which I so this identified is, earlier. Do we get yes. a trilogy? Danny Yen. Wait, yeah. what? I think it's Danny Yen. So did we just watch the middle movie and uh part of this trilogy? So that's why it's a bit convoluted. Oh, oh, Donnie in, sorry. Okay, the, the problem there is that um, this movie was released in 1994. Fearless was released in, what, 2008? It's weird. Doesn't make any sense. All right, let's not get sidetracked here. We're still in the deliberation phase. Okay, I have some, I have some comments, and then I'm going to give you my decision. So first off, also just super confused the whole <laughs> way through. I have no clue what this movie is really about, what's going on. However, I have seen Ip Man, and I loved Ip Man, so this movie's kind of piqued my interest. Also, it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 100%. Which, you know, is immediate, like, red flag that there's no way this movie is that good. Uh, because, what, am I supposed to believe it's better than Godfather, Godfather Part 2? No, of course not. But, obviously, it's it's... It's developed enough of a cult following that people are going to spam Rotten Tomatoes to give it 100%. So my interest is peaked enough that I'll probably watch it. You should watch the whole trilogy now. <laughs> okay. You, that's not happening. Um, okay. So with that, court is adjourned. Decision made. Adam has decided not to watch it. I have decided to watch it. And per the rules of this show, we will come back next week and I will talk about my impressions of the movie, whether I feel that the prosecution or the defense lied about it or whether I felt like it was a great film. Um, all these little details will be hashed out after the entirety of the next of next week's episode. So thank you for joining us again. This is Grindhouse Courthouse. Last week, I was the judge for 13th Warrior. I said that I would watch this piece of shit, and I loved every minute of it. Everything that anybody said about this movie was true, and it's great. Uh, like, it's, it's clear that they really did have some problems getting this together. Switching directors, like, didn't help at all. But the end result is still thoroughly entertaining. Like, I'm aware that it's a bad film, but it's still it's still great. I, I mean, that last battle, even though you do, Adam, because, like, one of your points is, like, you have no sense of scale on that bit because they, like, didn't have the money to show anything. Yeah. Um, it's still good. It's still, it still gets those juices flowing. It's, it's really nice. What made that good for you, uh, though? I don't think I would ever recommend someone watch it, but I don't regret the time I spent with it put it that way what do you think about our debate that adam couldn't see shit the whole time and i could not figure out why he couldn't see anything yeah that's deeply concerning i believe adam you need to see a doctor about that uh i'm not going to pretend that this was like the cleanest movie but it was at no point was i guessing at what i was looking at it was all very straightforward well-defined I'm still flabbergasted, Adam, that you couldn't I, see entire fight. Like, it was confusing and dark, but, like... I shared a screenshot no with darker. you guys, and it's it still... It was so... Yeah, but we watched a whole scene together, and me and Tom weren't seeing what you were seeing. No, no, I tried to describe it, too. So the scene that we watched was when the 
they're all sleeping yes in the yeah and the ewoks uh, come lodge. in the the middle of the night to attack them so even that scene if you think about how it was shot you have these extreme close-ups of the top half of the characters, and then you have the bear men coming in, attacking them. You have no idea who's standing in front. So let's say Antonio Banderas is in front of the camera, and then you have a bear man coming and charging at him. You have no idea where Antonio Banderas is attacking. They put the sword up so you can see it come down because they have uh, light coming in from the backdrop, but that's about it. But everything is just shadows, so you don't see... Antonio Banderas's face during this moment uh you don't get a sense of danger you just have this black silhouette coming at him and then even uh when we move to like the next shot of that where one of the warriors attacks him and throws down the bear man I had no idea what was getting tossed down and then you see a hand get cut off it was all shadows it was all shadows disagree I was never confused checkmate (laughs) (laughs) boom (laughs) boom blew up no, I mean, I, and, I, and I'm not going to pretend that, like, this is a masterpiece of cinema because some of your complaints, Adam, are absolutely legit, right? Like, I think there is a better way to block those scenes. There is a better way to shoot them. Yeah. There's probably a better way to light them. But it was still serviceable. Like, I, I still knew who the major players were, the thrust of what's happening. I mean, when that dude gets his head just, like, easily twisted off. They don't they don't struggle at all with that. That thing just blows no, that, right the fuck off. Yeah, and they provide enough light for that scene. But, um... What do you think about the the characters, like the 13 warriors? Because one of my complaints was that they're just meatbags. Like, they're all interchangeable. You don't really have to care about any of them until we're in the last, like, half of the movie when there's the six or maybe four of them that are actually going on the cave mission. Disagree. I think all of them have (laughs) very well fleshed out character traits. Like, that one guy who, like, he has a bird, right? And he's got, like, a breastplate and he won't take it off. Or the other dude is like, we got to fight this fucker while we're digging the the fortifications. Okay, so all so of let's those go back. Okay, okay, up. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So the guy with the breastplate, what other scene was he in? When when did you have another connection? Like Antonio Banderas was talking to him because I can't think of anything off the top of my head, and you just saw this. So he was the one. He was the one who kept making fun of his horse. No, that was the redhead man. <laughs> Who got shot, yeah, who was climbing on the roof to put out a torch, and then he got a javelin through him. Oh, right, right, no, he was the one who was insulting his mother around the campfire, and that's when Antonio revealed that he could speak Old Norse. (laughs) He just listened to it for, like, a couple nights. Because he fucking figured it out. Um, But sure, even Adam, you have to admit that the leader guy and the other blonde guy who is kind of the one who could speak Latin and therefore communicate... Those two are real characters. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Flesh those characters. So, so I would say, yeah. but that's two that's out what of I'm, the thirteen. Yeah. So that's a thing. Like it, it feels like, yeah, it's three out of the thirteen warriors that you should really focus on. So, uh, like mm-hmm. that's that's where I'm saying this is not the greatest story. This is not the greatest uh, character development for this movie, and that's why I put it lower on my list of it being a good movie. So, completely agree. The only characters that matter are the King and Antonio Banderas. Everybody else has to die throughout the film. You don't go into Predator thinking, oh. I really hope that the dude with the minigun lives. He dies second, and okay. that's great. It's really yeah, good. But it should be okay, that way. Can, 
Can we also attack? Uh, uh, talk about establishing shots, though. So, what do you think with? Oh yeah, the 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 scenery that they had, right? Because again, they're in these beautiful forests. Yet, I feel like they don't use it except for one scene where they go into I want to say like a treehouse where all the bodies are scattered out, and Antonio Banderas touches his arm, and then the camera does this like weird Hitchcock moment where it starts like spiraling up in a weird angle, and then he runs out and pukes. So, what you what do you feel towards? how they set up the scenery like did they take advantage of what they had with them i know this answer is going to bug you so i'll just say yes they did next question (laughs) i'm because like yeah and i i i I really disagreed on that i thought there were some like most of your criticisms were well-based, but I really thought like some of the, the wide shots and a lot of the establishing shots, especially like with the mountain and the glow worm and sometimes they're just cast against the silhouette of the night sky. Like I thought a lot of those were really good because they had so much money. Yeah. Like, of course, the cinematography is good. So back back. It's just the yeah. plot and the story and the acting. Everything else. Like very minor. But, yeah. Yeah. So, right, but if right. you, if, it's just like. Yeah. If you backtrack to the the glowworm shot, like how do they set that up? Where yes, you have the lights, and I I, I also like that scene where you had a couple lights going off, and then it was it started to grow, and it looked like this huge thing. So yes, there's a sense of scale of like what their enemy is and what they're going to be facing. But mm-hmm. the, I believe in that scene, the camera just kept like zooming in, and they're just like they kept relying on the zoom in. And again, if you use the camera from your phone and you get past 10x, it goes grainy as hell. And that's what they did for multiple shots in the 13th Warrior when they were just like, oh, see that fort up there where our archer guy or our I don't know what his name was, the Legolas character of this movie who was going to be like scouting out everything. They would zoom in on shots like that for the hill and the fort that he's at. And it just. Yeah, I liked I liked that graininess is what I'm saying. I thought it made it feel Way I liked it more than any of those like shots in like Lord of the Rings where it's just like trying to get the scale of things and there's so much CG going on. It was just like this. It was very earthy to me. It felt mm-hmm. really. See, I think I don't know. Stripped down. I liked it. See, and I feel that if they were going to do that grittiness uh, that you're talking about, they should have done it for a lot more shots. And then I would have like there would have been an overall theme for it that I would have enjoyed a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm saying. I wish they would have done it throughout the whole thing and given it more of like an indie feel Mm. because I think the movie was weird enough. Like it wouldn't have worked because of the cast. The cast was too famous, but if it were like less famous people doing more of like an indie take, this would have been the coolest movie with that kind of gritty filter throughout. And you're just like, yeah, I really want to see is going on. I really want to see a remake of this with Wes Anderson. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Bill Murray shows up in a bear fucking costume. (laughs) Hey guys, I don't mean to bother you. Owen Wilson is the, uh, the king. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sounds great. Who would be into? Yeah. So, these fucking bears are coming. Wow. Oh, wow. How can a king be remembered? Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'd be fine oh, with that. Wow. Yeah. I, I think this yeah. movie... Um, and by the way, I I didn't reveal this, but we know exactly how they did some of that glowworm shot because um, as Zach makes sure he tells me every single time this movie's brought up, his aunt was an extra. <laughs> Zach is our friend, by the way. But his aunt was an extra. She was one of the Ewoks, as you so like to call them. <laughs> So literally they had hundreds of Vancouverites just running down a hill with glow sticks or torches or oh, something. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I didn't know so that. So we actually have insider no- Yeah, you can ask Zach. It's insider knowledge. It really is. Um, it really did happen. Oh, shit. Um, 
one more question for you, Tom. Yeah. Uh, one yeah. of my like uh, one of my driving points for that last scene was that the fact that the poem was almost longer than the whole action scene itself. Like the action lasted thirty seconds longer. Did you? Did you feel rewarded that last action scene of the the main warrior taking down the the warrior Ewok with two hits? Like, did you have a sense of clarity? Were you, like, was there satisfaction out of it? Have you ever been in a sword fight before, Adam? You know how quickly you can just die. <laughs> yeah, it felt great. Uh, I I mean, like, I'd I prefer some kind of like Helm's Deep confrontation, but like by that point in the production, they probably like didn't have an ending mctiernan was out and Crichton was in and like Crichton doesn't know how to direct large action scenes like mctiernan probably didn't either right so what do you do uh you do yeah. have the emotional moment there at the end where they're giving the speech and it's it's fucking great it's real good mm-hmm. and uh then what do you do like wh- what do you do you you got to release this movie You're, you you got to stay on budget you got to stay on schedule how do you put it together and the answer is you don't you can't what if what if they closed on the the lead warrior and uh, the warrior ewok charging at each other and before they strike each other it just like pauses and then fades to black and then the credits come up how would you how would you have felt about that soprano one? style <laughs> soprano style if it was uh, if it was just like a smash to black we'd still be talking about that ending forever exactly like I the sopranos so. <laughs> would have been Beautiful. absolutely sublime Okay, well, I'm glad, All right. I'm glad you liked it. So, so yeah, so that wraps it up. I'm much better debater than Adam. <laughs> I think it's been proven here. Um, oh, and for the record, I didn't say I liked the it. right movie. Oh, fuck you. I, just, you I, it. Said it, um, I said I love the movie. I didn't say I liked it. So we'll wrap up this week then, and we'll join ourselves next week with the next movie, To Be Determined. So Back to the Future 3. Okay, bye, everybody. <laughs> no. Bye. Oh, my God.